Welcome to the Inferno Cast. Today's guest is a martial artist that trains in Ameridote, which apparently he made up. He's also an 11th degree black belt in this style, which apparently he gave himself. And the rumor is, apparently he chokes himself out every time he gets a strike, so it's a little weird. But either way, here is Master Ken to talk to us today. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I've just been talking to a lot of people in the martial arts and uh, kind of seeing what they're doing and what they're up to and get to know them a little bit better with a little bit of a personal chat. And uh, so we just wanted to reach out to you. Looks like you're keeping yourself busy playing with your sword. Um, Some Tai Chi guy gave me the sword and I got to tell him it's a little limp. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be working right. Is that, is that for, do you think it's for demonstration purposes? I don't know. He said it was an old sword. He said it used to be stiffer. <laughs> That's, yeah, just quit working out, huh? You know, before we get started, I, I am curious. I need some advice on something, really. So it's my friend Jack Toffer's birthday. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He trains with Hicks and Gracie, he travels the world, and I wanted to give him a gift. And I just, I don't know what I should get him. I thought maybe some advice. I thought maybe like a new key. I just need some advice on what I should get him. You got any ideas? Uh, sure. Uh, you know, maybe uh, Rosetta Stone. Uh, <laughs> a lot of those guys have some difficulty with English. I know this. That might okay. be a start. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe a white belt in uh, white belt in Ameridote. You could get on my book. Um, the Tao of Master Ken, which of course would teach them everything they're doing wrong. That would be a good start also. So I saw your book online and I was reading some reviews and, uh, you know, some of the reviews seemed a little bit scathing. I mean, like I saw a quote that said more like Ameranote. Um, somebody said maybe you should have named the book Ameritrashe. What is your thoughts on some of this criticism you're getting on this work that you've published? Well, you know, um, back when Socrates uh, was writing about the discovery of America, um, he got a lot of a lot of that too, and and that's how he coined the famous saying, "Haters gonna hate." That really leads into what I wanted to talk to you about today. It was kind of your perspective, and with all the martial artists I've been talking with, we've been going back to the beginning. So with you, there's a little bit of controversy on the beginning, though, because apparently. Like when you were delivered, you injured the doctor. Is is that is that still have a lawsuit pending? Is there litigation on that? No, it was uh, that was ruled uh, a justifiable homicide because uh, he tried. You know, back in the day, it was an old convention when the baby was born to spank its bottom. You know, they would lift the baby up and just give it a spank to make sure that it was breathing and make sure that it had the proper reaction to make it cry. Um, I just happened to catch his hand and break his wrist. And uh, then, you know, he tried to hit back and I did what I had to do. So uh, that was justifiable. That's good. That's good. I mean, because we don't want you in jail because that would probably not go well for anyone. Um, no, no. And luckily at the time, I couldn't be tried as an adult either. So, uh, uh, you know, worst <laughs> case, I would have I had to do a couple of years of juvie. So how old were you when you had the mustache? How did that, what age did that mustache come about? I don't remember ever not having it. That's um, my thought. Yeah, so I, you know, we've we have tried and failed uh, to measure my testosterone. Um, yeah. You know, we we tried 
multiple times to measure it and it broke the machine. Yeah. Um, the first time it was a sewing machine, so it probably wouldn't have gotten us much of a measurement, but uh, just about every machine we've tried has been broken. So um, I don't know. I think that, I think it probably is just, it's always been there and it will always be there. Kind of like the, uh, the pyramids, you know? Yeah. 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 Just forever. Yeah. I mean, well, you really, it's like, it's like trash stash power. I mean, you just, it's just innate. I get it. No, that totally yeah. makes sense. Um, so you're a certified deadly weapon in New Mexico. Was, was there a test that you had to take? How did, how did you get certified with this deadly weapon certification? Well, luckily, because I'm in the state of New Mexico, New Mexico is an open carry state. Um, so we had a discussion. I did drop into the APD and say, you know, technically, if I'm going to be completely open carry, I have to be naked. <laughs> True. So I don't, it's hard, you know, it's tough when you end up in those situations where in order to follow one law, you have to break another. So right. they said, well, as long as your primary weapons are always in full view of authorities, hence the, you know, the sleeveless situation here and then from here up, because this is the most dangerous weapon, not just because of the brain, but because I bite a lot. And then- Yeah, well, I mean, I've heard that you like, you know, ram your face into the groin a lot. Like that's kind of your specialty. Yeah, I've heard that. Oh yeah, that's one of many techniques that I've pioneered. So, yeah. uh, so luckily, legally, the only way that I could really get in trouble is if I were to put on a motorcycle helmet and then maybe like a scuba suit then technically I would be a concealed weapon. So if that yeah. comes up, I am gonna I am gonna have to get my CCW. Yeah, I know that makes total sense. I just I always thought the sleeveless thing, like maybe you're like NASCAR fan or something. So yeah, that helps to clarify where that actually came from. Yeah, it's a legal requirement. <laughs> that makes sense. And so speaking of legal requirements, um, you've recently made some comments about Joe Exotic, Tiger King. Um, yeah. You've had run-ins with the law, you know, with the, the doctor death and having to register. Is it true that they might be casting you as Joe Exotic in the upcoming movie? Well, you know, I may have, uh, I may have lost that part out to Nicolas Cage. Um, because uh, I, I, there's more, more similarity. They were going for a more realistic approach. They wanted to find somebody that, that was actually into uh, meth and and yeah. uh straightening so so uh i, I you know it, it's a complicated political process and uh the, the biggest difficulty is that uh the amount of insurance they have to get to bring me on set is staggering because i'm so dangerous um right. it's just a lot of times it's a paperwork thing it's it's all about yeah, politics. They, wanted to, they also they were worried about the uh the safety of the tigers. They didn't want me to get too close to them because they didn't want the tigers to get hurt. So you technically perfected the tiger claw technique thing for your style. Um, did that ever get tested on animals safely? How do you know the tiger claw was the strongest it could ever be unless you've had interaction with a tiger before? Yeah, well, I don't know how much you know about street fighting, but you can't really test it safely. You know what I mean? That's like uh, uh, you can't you can't practice being a butcher without cutting some meat. You know so what I'm you've had to, so you've had to demonstrate this technique in a non-safe environment that probably would be on some undocumented um, experience that could possibly harm a tiger. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's my, uh, I have to be careful how I phrase it because there's a lot of, you know, I don't want PETA coming after me. Um, but I've been in situations where I have had to face off life and death situations with very dangerous animals, uh, with very dangerous people. And obviously I've come out on top because I'm here. Um, but this is one of the dilemmas of real life self-defense is that you go to a Krav Maga school, everything is theory. You go to a Kempo school, everything is theory. You go to an MMA school, everything is theory. Because there's only so much you can apply in the ring with safety equipment and rules that you don't know if it's going to work in real life. So could the possible, maybe the reports of you spending time with Joe Exotic be true? Well, I, I will say that I have been hired to be a consultant for all kinds of celebrities. I've been hired uh, as security for all kinds of, of important people around the world. So I'm not going to deny that, but I'm also not going to deny it. So I have another rumor that circles around about you dating Madonna. True? Not true? I don't. I don't even know which nursing home she's in now. I, I, uh, I, the idea that I'm dating, uh, you know, no, I would say that that's inaccurate. I haven't seen her, um, in many, many years. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, I mean, this wouldn't have been recent. This would have been years ago, but, uh, oh, that's okay. where kind of, you know. well, yeah, if, uh, you know, there might've been a connection years ago, but, uh, definitely not, uh, since we got her hip replaced. Um, so you can't strike a pose these days. <laughs> So when you look at how martial arts influences people's lives off of the mats, you know, do you have a philosophical view about how the discipline and the focus can help people in the rest of their lives with your martial arts style? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think it applies. I think self-defense can help you stay safe in all kinds of situations, not just one-on-one -on -one combat situations or multiple attackers or weapons attacks, just, uh, risk assessment, risk mitigation. Um, for instance, you know, I teach students to develop their, their reflexes in such a way that keeps them safe because the more you can work on instinct, the safer you are. So for instance, I just have people, I have my students sort of stand in the dojo and just wait until they feel a little nudge behind them. And I teach them to always just respond by just always, just as soon as they feel someone close to them, I tell them it doesn't matter who it is. Um, it could be an attacker. It could be a burglar. Uh, it could be, uh, could be your, your, your father. Um, just as soon as you feel somebody in, in, in your space, just. So people probably need to be going to like Lowe's and Home Depot during this whole pandemic time, because that's apparently where everybody's at to get more practice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, any place where you can, uh, you know, when you're out grabbing wood, uh, just make sure that you're also practicing uh, keeping people at a social distance. Cause I guarantee you, if you do this to enough people in your social circle, they're going to distance. I noticed you've been putting out some educational tips and videos on, how to handle social distancing and, you know, people getting too close that might have some sort of infection or something. Um, when you look at people within the household and your family, rules should stay the same, right? Social distance, if they could get too close, then you're just going to have to jack them up, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Don't get near anybody if your yeah. primary focus is safety. Um, yeah. That's the main thing. In fact, I've been telling people that, uh, you know, even if you're, especially if you're cohabitating, you got to change the way you move in your space. You know, you can no longer just sort of walk into a room. You know, this is how people walk into a room normally. Yeah, I mean, that's how I always look. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah you can't just walk into a room like a normal person like this. You need to actually enter a room here. Just being able to see the entire, see how nobody is behind me right now. You see how nobody's behind me? Yeah, yeah. There's no Thank room, you. right? Yeah. So you just have to, you have to sort of wall crawl your way through. If this is my spouse, I say, hello, spouse. I'm just entering this room right now. And then you just keep your back to the wall at all times. If your spouse flinches, what do we do? You're sneaking into the room. Just. I like it. Consistency. It's like you have this principle-based philosophy that it doesn't really matter which range of combat you're in or circumstances. It's the same philosophy. Yeah, always, uh, always uh, respond with the highest level of aggression. Project strength. Um, yeah. And and then generally, people will leave you alone so much you're not in danger ever because no one goes near you. That's just the first response. That's you know. And that's also logistical because uh, there are absolutely other things you can do. You know, as soon as you feel a nudge, you could. Oh, okay. Okay. You instantly go for the sword. There's a few problems with that. Um, legally, of course, uh, you're going to spend a lot of time in court, even if it was justified homicide. Yeah. And um, just the cleanup. Um uh, trying to store the bodies, uh, having to have lots of changes of clothes. So a slap is just something that makes self-defense more manageable than going straight for a lethal option. That makes sense too. Like when you go back to the sleeveless thing, like that's just less clothes that have DNA on it because you get it on your arms. You can go wash it off. You know, you can use the, the Purell pumps in Walmart whenever you chop somebody's head off and just kind of watch down right then. It's like a tactical advantage for legal protection. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, total sense. So we got to talk about UFC real quick. We finally had a UFC. They've done two of them, you know, and they stopped it because his teeth got knocked out. Everybody's critical because coach didn't throw in the towel whenever he was just taking a beating and his teeth fly out. He's handing them to the ref. Good call or bad call by coach. What are your thoughts? Should you be stopping your students' fight? Should you be saving them? No, in fact, I still don't understand why there is uh, why it's been uh, continued that fighters are allowed to tap out. Uh, if you're there to fight, you should be fighting to the end. I mean, the gladiators uh, back in old, uh, you know, uh, back in Australia, that they, they didn't, they weren't able to just tap out of the fight when a tiger was about to eat them. Yeah. They had to go in there and fight to the death. So I personally think it weakens the sport and it makes people take it less seriously because they're still allowed to, to, to tap out. So unless you're throwing in the towel because the person you coached has been uh, executed and you're like, hey, guys, might want to wipe up that blood, throw in the towel, that's the kind of throwing in the towel that I agree with. I understand. That makes total sense. I see that from your perspective that, uh, you know, if you can't finish the fight yourself, 
then whatever happens, happens. Yeah, if you get in a choke, just just they should just be choked all the way out. They shouldn't be able to to to, to tell. You get in an arm bar, they should just have their arm broke off because uh, that's real combat. You shouldn't be yeah. able to, to tap out. Which I mean, you're kind of an expert on choking because apparently, like, choke yourself a lot or something like that. Kind of weird deal. Whatever. Uh, I mean, there are uh, there are applications for an entire category of self defense known as jujitsu, and I had to developed that because at a certain point I realized that I was so advanced as a martial artist, the only person that was a threat to me was myself. I believe that the doctors agree with you there. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody else was actually able to hurt me as much as I was able to hurt me. So I had to learn how to defend me from myself. Um, so Bryce Mitchell, another UFC athlete, he's known for the twister submission in UFC. He keeps attempting it. But his big thing is he wants camo shorts. What do you think is going on with Reebok and UFC to not get this guy camo shorts? Do you think camo shorts is an unfair advantage for a fighter? I mean, only if he's trying to hide his groin. Um, if he wants his groin to blend in, I don't really see the point. I mean, if, he, if he's that desperate to wear camo, I think they ought to wait until they have it on Fight Island uh, or Fighter Island, whatever that whatever that thing that Dana is building is once that's built. Cause I assume, I mean, I hope that the whole concept behind fighters Island is that it's along the lines of the most dangerous game where basically fighters are hunted uh, for sport. That's what I'm hoping it is. Well, and I mean, so then the, camouflage is a totally valid outfit because you want to blend in with the jungle or wherever they are or the desert camo if they're on the beach. Did you not get a call from Dana about being on Fighter Island? I mean, was there not some kind of discussion? And were you the prey or you were you the hunter? Those guys avoid me like crazy because uh, they don't want me to be poking holes in the facade that is the UFC. Because every time I point out, hey, you know, uh, you're still not allowing groin grabs. Hey, you know, still not allowing eye gouges. Hey, you're still not allowing uh, someone to take their opponent uh, out the door and up on top of the stadium and throw them off into the parking lot. Uh, they, they say, uh, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. So they're, a lot of times I think they just avoid me because they're threatened. So when can we expect the 12th degree? That, I mean, that's what everybody's curious about. Yeah, I've been getting, the, I've been getting questions about that more and more. The biggest challenge is that um, I've become, just by accident, so advanced over the past few years that I don't think 12 is gonna do it. So I've been trying to prepare to skip a few ranks um, to something that is also high enough that nobody else will try to challenge me. Because I noticed once I came out as an 11th degree black belt, next thing I know, people are sending me certificates of ninjutsu guys and kempo guys who were saying they're a 15th or they're a 16th. Um, and I know that that's all because of me. They couldn't stand to not be the highest ranking martial artist in the world. So then they just have people forge certificates and it's, you know, it's all a bunch of trash. Yeah, a bunch of fooey. I mean, because your system yeah. is much more legitimate, right? Absolutely, because I'm the only person that's qualified to promote myself, so I can't cheat myself. Uh, I have to make sure that I am impressed by me. Well, I mean, the Gracies used to issue challenges. Is there not a Master Ken challenge? Oh, there's always a Master Ken challenge. Just nobody takes me up on it because it's a it's more of what I was talking about before where, you know, no one will sign the waiver. The waiver's, you know, like this thick and it's, it has the detailed, um, 
methods of dismemberment and groin destruction in there that they have to sanction in order to agree to fight me and nobody wants to do it. It sounds like your system is, uh, you know, pretty lined out with you made it up, you promote yourself. So, I mean, it really looks like you've got everything exactly where you want it. Um, have you been traveling, doing any seminars? No, the current uh, scenario, uh, the, the worldwide crisis that's going on, got all those events canceled. Um, I wasn't worried about it because my immune system is uh, legendary. Um, right. Yeah, I, 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 used to, I used to try to give myself Ebola just for fun. But uh, the, hopefully once things open back up and the venues are, are open, uh, I'm, I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to go out there and bring a Maradote to the masses. Uh, uh, up and, until that happens, I'm just bringing it through the, uh, the power of the interwebs. Right, and you just got to worry about like computer viruses getting you instead of real viruses. Yeah, again, that's, you know, that's something that I don't personally have to worry about because um, I'm not uh, sticking my fingers in my computer. <laughs> yep, only in other people's groins and orifices. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's, um, that's just, just doing the safe stuff. That's right, yeah, keeping it legit. Well, I appreciate your time today. Is there anything you'd like to finish with? Well, just encouraging everybody to uh, make sure to follow my, my videos. i got a bunch of new stuff coming out on Facebook, um, uh, facebook.com slash Master American. You can follow my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Enter the Dojo Show. Instagram, uh, Master American, that's American, K-E-N. And uh, if you want personalized video messages for a happy birthday or you want, if you're too afraid to tell your sensei that the style is bullshit, but you want me to say it, you can go to Cameo and order a personalized video and I'll take the heat for you. That's awesome. And don't forget, Ken's new book is out. It's available on Amazon. It's available on my website. And it's uh, only a couple of years old, so it's still pretty new. Perfect. And then you can still register to be an official white belt in Ameridote on Ken's website, which you just have to uh, send him some information, maybe a video of you beating yourself or knocking yourself out, right? Yep. That and as long as the check clears, then I'll send it to you. That's what I thought. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Hope you have a great day. Remember, always restock that groin.